<laughs> Welcome to Burning I'm your host, Hannah Burner, and today I'm with Ryan Serhant. He's kind of a big deal. Reality TV star, bravo. Take a compliment. Okay, thank you. Take a thank compliment. You. He yeah. has a sick <laughs> blog on YouTube. What's it, what's it called? It's called Ryan Serhant's blog. <laughs> Love it. He's a very creative guy. Yeah, pretty sure. I think, we, you know, we tried to find a title for it, and we had so much feedback about what to title it. I can't remember what some of them were. And we just didn't like any of them. So we're like, screw it. It's just it's just my blog. Sometimes keeping it simple is a beautiful thing. Yeah, a true story. And you have a book. Yes. Did you actually write it? Yeah, it's called Sell It Like Sirhan. And then the other, the show that goes along with it on Bravo is Sell It Like Sirhan. And it's a sales book. Um, and it's awesome and hilarious and everyone should buy it or listen to it. I did the audible for it. It took me two days. Um, oh, shit. But I think it's good. <laughs> Amazing. Do yeah. you like the sound of your own voice? Uh, you could say yes. I could tell you do. Do I? I don't know, actually. No one's ever asked me that. I don't hate the sound of my own voice. I don't think I like I'm in love with it. I really like like Morgan Freeman's voice. Ooh. Um, you know, I think I feel like you'd be strange though if Morgan Freeman's voice came out of your mouth. Wouldn't that be weird? It'd be weird. It would be super weird. <laughs> yes. Do you remember the first time you saw your voice and like yourself on Bravo? Yeah, I think so. But, uh, you know, I was on TV before that. And I, was, I did a soap opera called As the World Turns for a while. Um, oh. And I played a doctor called Evan Walsh the Fourth, and I was killed off. And so the first time I saw myself on that show, on daytime TV, that weirded me out. Because I just, I was like, is that what I look like? I look like that? Why am I so white? Like, what is, <laughs> why do I look so, like, disproportionate to other people? Why do I sound like that? It's like, why do I look so young? How come I don't look like a man? I was very, very, very self-conscious Do you ever it. look in the mirror and then there's another mirror and it shows a different angle of your face and you're like, who is that monster? Yeah, I broke that mirror. That, yeah. mirror, no, <laughs> that, that mirror is not allowed in my house. And I don't go to places with multiple mirrors. That's just terrible. So this is actually an important podcast because this is the first podcast that I can legally announce that I'm going to be on Bravo Summer House. Yes. And I just realized that. Awesome. Um, and congratulations, by the way. Thank you. So we're in the Bravo family together. Yes. But I'm nervous about... I'm going to see all these little nuances of myself, like eating and like my weird reactions. But I think I'm going to embrace it because... You have to. You have to. You have to. You have to. The, only, the best piece of advice I got before Million Dollar Listing started in mm -hmm. 2010 was someone just said, listen, just go hard. Like, just be yourself, but like a harder version and just own it. Like, if you're weird or you say stupid shit or you fight with people, like, you just own it because that's, that's really what the reality medium is, right? It's grabbing, like, authenticity. And anyone mm -hmm. that just bullshits their way through it, they don't last. You're so right. Owning it's the number one thing because everyone fucks up. But if you can own it and be like, hey, I made a mistake or, hey, I lost my cool, yeah. people can relate to that. But if you don't own your stuff, then it's like you're not fully committing. Which is like a huge lesson for life. Isn't it weird? Like what we learn from shitty from, TV, from reality TV, <laughs> right? But also like being on it, but watching it like people like you watch reality TV. And like what you were just saying before we started recording is like, you know what? maybe I should talk about my feelings and like get this off my chest and have a conversation with this girl that just yelled at me instead of internalizing it and talking to my therapist next Thursday at two. Right. So like that's, that's something that we have now learned, not from Tom Cruise. No. We learned it from Bravo, Bravo. right? To like you know be what? more in Bravo touch with our feelings. Bravo should win a fucking Emmy. I love Bravo. Yeah. Did your friends judge you when you first got on reality? Cause I know that you wanted to be an actor. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I said that actor for a reason. My friends were like, 
uh, you remember I came off a soap opera. And so mm-hmm. I think it was just sort of par for the course. Yeah. <laughs> but like when Millie Darling New York started, you know, reality TV was big. Obviously, the housewives are out. There's a lot of different shows, mm-hmm. but it's just like exploded in the last eight years. And then with YouTube, with Instagram, with everything, now your connection to the people you see on TV is even greater, especially people on reality TV. Were you ever scared about privacy? Not really. Yeah, because you've got your relationship out yeah, there. Everything. I just I remember you just being hundred percent honest. Like sometimes yeah, you were for a dick. For worse. Yeah, yeah, sometimes you were a dick. But yeah. I was like, you know what? He's like that friend who you're like, yeah, he's a dick, but I like him. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> Wait, where are you from? I was born in Texas. I grew up outside Boston. Oh. Yeah. I think it's the Boston. I don't think it's the Texas. Yeah, Boston. But then Texas, they're kinda you know, they're proud. Yeah. They're proud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I remember after the show aired, my mom was like, "You know, the things you think are funny aren't funny to other people." <laughs> and I was like, "Were you worried about what your parents were going to say?" Mm, sort of. Like, there's listen, like the nudity, like the yelling, the trauma, mm-hmm. all that stuff. I mm-hmm. was concerned that my parents were just going to be like, "What is wrong with you?" And that's what they said. They were like, "There's, there's a lot of episodes that my dad just won't watch." I will call ahead and I'll tell my mom, "I'm like, uh, tonight's episode is only for you." Okay, because my mom will watch them all, and she'll know to tell my dad not to watch. And he literally just knows, okay, tonight I'm not going to watch. <laughs> right? I don't need to deal with that shit at Thanksgiving. I just don't. Yeah, but also I'm trying to move forward and break the stigma of things. I think that's the point of burning in hell. I want to break the stigma of talking about stuff that keeps you up at night and your yeah. deepest insecurities. And I want to break the stigma of, like, I drink and I hook up with guys sometimes. Like, sorry, Dad. We're not living in the 1800s. You're not, like, selling me off to a man to get married. Like, this is life. Right. So part of me is like, Dad, you can watch the truth. Or you can go lie to yourself. Right. And I'm trying to own it. I know. Ah. Oh, my God. If, if I have a daughter, home. I'm not going to put her on reality TV. It would kill me. <laughs> Are oh you look, you're looking at me scared right now. No, I'm not. I'm like, this is, <laughs> this is my life in the future. So you're a driven dude. Yeah. I mean, you're sitting here at this podcast. You're looking fly. You're yes. probably getting a business call right now. That is a business call. I'll mute it. That's, oh, yeah, no, I'll it's okay. It's okay. I, we're, I could make you pick it up, but I won't. I'll lose my train of thought. <laughs> Good. No problem. <laughs> what drives you? Uh, and not just like being successful. What drives you in terms of like, is there a fear or insecurity that drives you? Oh yeah, sure. My, my answer was going to be fear. Like just complete fear of failure um, is like a weird fucked up thing that drives me. Like the fact that other people are going to do it better, um, just pure competition, right? Because I'm in a business that is, there's no salaries. Like we're all real estate brokers, all 80,000 of us in this city. Holy shit. Right. And we're all going after the same amount of business and only 11,000 homes sell a year in the same city. And it's incredibly cutthroat and everyone's a dick and people are crazy. Everyone lies to you. And I'm like, wow, that's the business I want to be in. That's great. That's <laughs> so awesome. We can go deeper into that because yeah, you're yeah. serious. You sound like a masochist, but you know, right. it's great. Yeah. Sometimes I like, I end the day and I go home and I'm like, crying a little bit on the inside. I'm like, why do I do this to myself? But you know what? Don't you feel alive? Yeah. hundred percent. I live off the adrenaline. I can't go anywhere else. I, you know, we, I have team members in Miami and LA. We do stuff in Chicago and it's just, it's, 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 it's competitive. Don't get me wrong. I don't Mm -hmm. want, I don't want those agents to kill me, Mm -hmm. but it's just not the same. There's something about New York that like, if you can embrace that the city is trying to kill you, you will live more. I love that quote. I always say when people move to New York, I'm like, did it, you know, beat you up and spit you out? And they're yeah. like, yeah. And I'm like, welcome. Yeah, exactly. Like I was walking here today and someone just like crushed my shoulder <laughs> on the way, like a full grown man. And I was like, come on, let's go. <laughs> and I kept walking. Like I love the energy of New York City and it's like, bring it and it'll make me grow. Yeah, of course. As a person. Yeah. A lot faster than anyone else. Like I, 
you know, thinking about like family and starting a family in New York City. And a lot of people say, I don't want to raise kids in New York. I remember going to college and I remember meeting a lot of kids my freshman year who were from New York City and they were fucking cool. <laughs> like those kids grew up. And I was like from, I was seen born in shit. Texas, grew up outside Boston. And I'm like, well, what's binge drinking? Like, what is it? Like, wow, the world. They're and like, those kids. I was in rehab at 13 exactly. and my therapist told me not to do it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they like, they'd lived a lot. Like they'd seen the world. They were cultured. They were interesting. They were intellectually curious. They were tough. Like I, it's, 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 I don't know. I think the city has a, a weird messed up way of like making you stronger and better if you allow it to, but most people don't. Most people let the city chew them up and they leave. Was there a moment that you almost quit? Good life. Or <laughs> Okay, that got real dark. Was there a moment that you were like, Yesterday. I don't know if I could do real estate right now. Like, oh, I don't yeah. know if I could do oh, this. Yeah. All, yeah. I mean, eh, I would say for the first six years, I I quit or told my mom I was quitting like at least once a week. If you not sound like a day. mama's boy. It's adorable. Well, like, who else do I have to talk to? True. Like, I couldn't call my friends because they're like, suck it up, dude. I want to quit my job too. Like misery loves company. But like the business is so hard. People lie to the face of baby Jesus to save $5, which means they will lie to the real estate broker, which is why people are like, oh, real estate brokers are the worst. Dude, it's because you made us the worst. It's because you don't like confrontation, so you lie to us, you steal from us. You, you know, People are just very, very tough, and real estate brokers are tough as well, and it's really hard to make money Like at the end of the day. Does the money drive you or does the success drive you? Uh, the success, 100%, right? The, the money I just reinvest back into the business because I'm young and just want to continue to grow and mm -hmm. do more things like the vlog and, and all of that. Um, uh, but it's the, the fear of failure, right? Like I said before, it's like the fact, and Bravo does that to you as well. Like I remember, not to sidetrack, but Million Dollar Listing, I don't know what happened to you, but Million Dollar Listing season one, they cast in March of 2010. We started filming at the end of 2011, came out in 2012, and they started the show with four of us. And they said, we're going to film the whole season with four of you. Only three of you are going to make it. Good luck. And we would go to like a listing appointment and the producers would be like, oh, this is a cool apartment. So Michael, yeah, he was with Kim Kardashian earlier in a $20 million space. Yeah, I don't know if you're going to make it. Like I lost 20 pounds, pure stress, freaked out that whole first year. But I just went hard on my personality and who I am. Mm -hmm. And I ended up making it. So like you think real estate is tough? Like welcome to TV. The entertainment industry is cutthroat because there's no rules. Yeah, they, and they don't care about you. And I, <laughs> they don't give a fuck. They see either you're bringing them money or yeah. you're not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. And they say the most successful people have insecurity and like a little bit of fear that drives them. If you don't have fear and insecurities, yeah. you don't have that fire under your ass. Yeah. What's your biggest physical insecurity and what's your biggest emotional insecurity? My biggest physical insecurity? Besides how white you are. <laughs> that is definitely an insecurity <laughs> i was overweight as a kid so i always had it sounds so boring but like i always had like a a weight insecurity and like a like a body insecurity which is probably why i work out all the time right to like keep that in check but that's not boring at all because people don't speak about dudes having like body dysmorphic disorder and, sure. and guys hating their bodies it's always about women yeah and i feel like men deal with that all the time yeah for sure i'm i don't think as much, right? And I think for a woman, it, it is much harder. Mm -hmm. Like I'm, a, I'm okay saying that because mm -hmm. I do believe that. But for, like for me, it was, you know, how do I control the things I can't control, and how do I give up and not worry about the things that I can't control? And my body was something that I realized, you know, when I was a teenager. Like, you know what? Maybe I can control this. Um, yeah. So I was overweight. Like I had the worst skin ever. I had to like, 
I had to like research different dermatologists to like save my life. Like that shit almost killed me. Um, so those were my insecurities, emotional insecurities. I don't know. I definitely like personality wise, like when you were going on the show, what were you worried about coming off? Like, what would your nightmare be coming off wrong? I don't know. You don't mind being the villain, do you? No, dude, I'm not the villain on that show. Do you watch? Oh my God. You know, you're not the villain, but in the very beginning, I watched that show a while ago. You were like, no one fucks with me. Yeah, true. I guess I'm still that. Villain's a strong word. I'm sorry if you're the B word around you. I like it. I like it. Um, I don't think anything on the show made me insecure because I was always sort of like, dude, what I said, I was funny, man. Like, don't be such a, but everyone got so sensitive. And since they, Millionaire Listening editing on, can make it look not a joke. Yeah. And listen, since the Millionaire Listening has been on the air, the world has changed. Like people are super sensitive. I gotta be, you gotta be super careful with what you say these days. You gotta really, really, really think about everything. And mm-hmm. for those first couple of years, I just didn't really care. And so I just said whatever came to my mind and some people weren't okay with it. Um, but it made amazing TV. Yeah, yeah, we're still there. <laughs> But I would say like emotional insecurity for me outside of the show is just like codependency. Mm. Like I'm terrified of getting too close to people um, because I can and then you'll lose them and then you'll be destroyed. Wow. I just wanted to let that sit for a second. Okay, great. But also you have had a successful relationship on yeah. TV, which yeah. is remarkable. Yeah. She she does it for me. She doesn't do it for anybody else. I could tell she's a little shyer than you. Yeah. Do you think that makes you guys work, that you're kind of different? Yes, we are definitely different. She works really, really hard. Um, She loves being a wife. She's a great wife. Um, And she doesn't need the TV and kind of all that stuff that I was born needing for some fucked up reason, Mm -hmm. you know? And she does it for me because she loves me, but she has no desire to like go out there and put herself out there. She doesn't want to go out and do any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. She's like a Greek wife future mom like through and through oh the greeks are great yeah and they're great with family yes i'm italian so it's a little yeah, similar yeah. yeah very similar they love to eat what do you think you would do if you didn't get this kind of attention <laughs> i would i would combust because <laughs> I, I have that too like i was a, as a tennis player i'd get a ton of attention yeah and then when i quit tennis i felt so empty, empty. yeah for sure and then i was like if i don't get something going like i don't know what life's about yeah and i feel fortunate that i got something going now yeah but it's like is it chance or like was it just that i needed it and i got what i wanted it's like a interesting well it's what they say about luck right it's opportunity meets preparation so like you've been preparing to get the attention that you're getting your whole life whether you knew it or not yeah. and so i think the same thing for me like I always wanted to somehow be on TV. So I went to school for theater. I thought that's what I was going to do. I moved to the city to do theater. And I thought that's what I was going to do and try to do TV. And it didn't work. And I mm-hmm. ran out of money. And so I got into real estate and said, screw it. I love that you've ran out of money before. Yeah. It makes you so much more interesting. Oh, good. Oh, great. Yeah, those, those were terrible times. <laughs> Glad everyone loves it. Um, but I got into real estate just to pay bills. Like, I didn't want to be a broker. Like, I wasn't, I didn't dream of of selling apartments or houses. I had no idea what I was doing when I started. It was just literally to pay bills. And then like, like luck, right? My, there was an open casting call and my boss was like, didn't you wow. used to be on a soap opera? Is that what you told us? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, well, this reality thing for real estate, you should go there. I'm like, dude, I started real estate yesterday. <laughs> they're like, yeah, but don't tell them that. Just tell them you're awesome. So I went and I went to the audition and they were like, who are you? And I'm like, I am awesome. Okay. They're like, wow, this, this, this guy's great. <laughs> but you have such like a multi multifaceted business right now, which is so cool. Like I yeah. love the multiple sources of revenue happen happening. Yeah. And I think that's kind of modern day. You have to. You have to. And no one's telling you not to. Like I don't work at a bank 
you know, like I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not an attorney. Yeah. Like what I love about being 1099, what I love about being independent, as scary as it can be, is there is just no ceiling. There's also no floor, right? But there is no ceiling. Like no one's going to come to me and say, you sold too much this year, Ryan, you need to pipe it down, right? It's going to affect your bonus. Like that doesn't exist. And I never, ever, ever want a boss like that. And I never will have one. So we can like just create the content that we want to create, put yeah. it out there, change the world. Yeah. And your sales book is so interesting to me because people don't give a fuck what you're selling. Yeah, true. You can sell anything just like your show. Yeah. And do you have any kind of two cents to selling yourself? Don't. I think the biggest mistake most people make when selling themselves or selling as a product is they actually try to sell, right? Like think about, uh, and the analogy I like to use, and it's good for you for this show, mm. is like think about dating, right? Selling yourself, selling a product is just like dating. Like if a guy walks into a bar and sits next to you and says, Hey, how are you? My name is Ryan. Would you like to have sex with me? <laughs> you might say sure, but like <laughs> most people would probably not, right? It's, it's like weird. a guy sliding into your DMs going, want to go on a date? You're like, whoa, buddy. I yeah, don't, exactly. You're on private. I don't know who you are. <laughs> um, but if you start with who you are, what your name is, and don't focus on the sell, you will sell just by default, right? So it's like you just take care of the work, do the work, and the work will take care of you. I love that. I love it so much. Um, going back to your relationship though, speaking of dating, yeah. were you kind of a playboy back in the day? Not really. I, I think I try to be, but I'm, <laughs> I'm really terrible at dating. I I'm really awkward. I can't pick up girls in bars. Like it was never my thing. I just met people in the most random places. Like Amelia, I met at a Hanukkah party cause I went to meet a developer who was Jewish, like at the lighting of the first candle of the menorah. And she's not Jewish either. No, she's not. She was working for him. Um, when she came to the U S for like a two week stint just to see her brother. What? And so, yeah, so I met her there on 95th street at a townhouse and we were the two non-Jews in that party. So and, you bonded over your lack of religion. I love that. Yeah. And my yarmulke kept falling off. I didn't, I didn't know the song. She <laughs> thought I was gay. And so she came up to me because I was a non-threatening, really tall white gay guy. And you know, cause you're dressed well, right? Exactly. And she was just like, Oh, in New York, all guys are gay. Um, <laughs> and little did she know surprise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not gay right now. Just Metro. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just, just care. I well, just care. What I love about that story is it's not like suddenly she gave you the confidence to be this like, you know, prince of a man. It's like, no, you were the same awkward, yeah, funny yeah. self. And she liked you for those true insecurities. Yeah. You know, it's beautiful. How did you know that to take her seriously like was there a moment that you're like oh this girl and i work um i i was immediately attracted to her the minute i walked into that room um and then i was then i freaked out and got nervous and awkward and went and stood in a corner next to another guy the whole time <laughs> which is just what you do which is why she thought i was gay oh, man. right and it was like this really big guy so she was like oh so he's so he's clearly not the dominant one in that relationship <laughs> It's definitely so, a bottom. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and then I, so how, how did it happen? So she was taking all like the charitable donation receipts because it was like giving to a museum or something like that. Um, and so I gave like a hundred bucks. And so she emailed me the next day. Big spender. Yeah, exactly. Back in the day. <laughs> so she emailed me the next day with like the receipt in the email. And I wrote back like, that's all I get. And she wrote back something like, what else do you want? And in a moment, the one moment in my life I had balls, I wrote back drinks tonight. And just like ran away from my computer because I didn't know what was going to happen. And she wrote back like, ha, where? And I was like, what just happened? Holy mother of God. Did that just work? I cannot believe that just worked. Holy shit. I wonder if she still thinks I'm gay. I'm going to have to fix this. <laughs> she sits down with you and she's like, so what kind of guys do you like? Exactly. I'll hook you up. I want a GBF. No, so we, we met that night. We've been together since. That's so fucking beautiful. It's weird. I know. What's your sign? 
Cancer. She's cancer too. We're born. We're, I'm July 2nd. She's July 3rd. Interesting. Yeah. I like to act like I could know about horoscopes, yeah. but I just want to ask that question. <laughs> Why do you think you're so confident when it comes to like being put in front of a whole nation on TV, but then one pretty girl gets you feeling awkward? Because the nation on TV can't say anything to my face. I'm hiding in my living room. Like they're, mm. they're out there somewhere, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and uh, the girl in front of me can reject me and destroy my life. <laughs> like that's... They say girls' biggest fear is getting murdered and guys' biggest fear is getting rejected. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Like, it's true. I don't know why. You're like, kill me. I'll be... That. Yeah, exactly. When I'm dead, I, I can't get rejected awkward. by a girl, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Reject me all you want. I'll be dead. So how is the Ryan sitting right here in front of me different from the Ryan who is the first season of Bravo? <laughs> And not in terms of money and stuff like that, more just like how you believe in yourself and carry yourself. Um, I'm far more self-aware, like just because I have to be. One, I'm older. It's eight years later, but I'm I'm aware more of like my surroundings, how I affect people. Like that's a big thing that I think you know anyone in our position has learned. You know that like the things I say affect other people, how I affect other people's days and their moods and their their feelings. It's something that I probably never paid attention to before that I pay attention to now because I need people around me to like be good and work hard. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I'm a boss now versus eight years ago when I was just like renting $2,000 a month apartments to three girls named Sarah. Like, <laughs> like it's, you know, Actually, my life I has need changed. one of those right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yes. We'll put up two convertible walls. It's going to be <laughs> yeah. great. Oh, the convertible walls. They're great. Yes. Especially when she has a boyfriend. Yeah. Good Before times. we play a fun game, I have one final question. Sure. This is a little dark. Okay. When was the last time you were depressed? Uh, December. So like a month ago. Um, I, I ride an emotional roller coaster. I used, to, I used to kind of equate it to like peaks and valleys that way, where I would sit and like find moments of complete emptiness for no reason whatsoever. And I never could understand it because it was like, it wasn't like bipolar, right? It was just sort of like, everything's good. Relatively speaking, I have a great life, but why why, why, like, why do I feel so empty? And in December it was, it was a lot market related, right? Mm. Like the, the stock market was crashing. The housing market around New York city was crashing so much negativity in the media and the press. And then every single client, banker, attorney, everyone I talked to all day long in December was like, Oh, Hey, how's the end of the world treating you? And it just like, it just got to me. Like it just literally got to me to the point where I, where me and my best friend, Caleb, who's also a broker, were like, fuck this. We're going to Tahoe to ski for a weekend. And we just got back two days ago. How was Um, it? It was great. I just went down a mountain over and over and just didn't pay attention to anything but not dying. (laughs) But if you die, it's okay. You know, that's part of it. At least I won't get rejected by anyone. You won't get rejected. What's your advice for getting out of those funks? Because it's true, life comes in waves. Yeah. And sometimes it's just like, I don't don't know know why. Girls blame hormones, guys blame, I could blame the moon, I could blame Mercury in retrograde. But like sometimes you're, you can't always be feeling yourself. Sure. How do you get out of that funk? You write lists. So I'll write a, I pro love and, lists. a pro and con list of like everything that's good in my life right now and then everything that's bad. And I swear to you, when you do that, the pro list always is longer than the con list. Always. Every time. So basically you step out of that like You have to. Like the same place. way like if you have like a stitch, right? They tell you to bend over, just breathe. And you have to like get your diaphragm back so you can like recatch your breath. It's the same thing. Like when you're feeling empty, you're feeling down, just like sit down and say, what's great in my life? 
breakfast was great today. Okay, so that's one thing. Um, my parents are alive. That's another thing because my friend just lost her mom. Like you mm-hmm. literally write down everything. Like, oh, I did a deal yesterday or I got this on a school paper, whatever it is. And then write down what's stressing you out. And it's like, Jim said this to me. What else is stress? Why am I so, st- I don't understand. And, th- and then it's over. You feel better. Your it perspective works every time. completely shifts. Yeah. Because you make it all relative. Like it's everything is relative. You know, the way you feel, nothing actually changed. They say even like with an anxiety attack, just sit there for a second yeah, of course. and be like, you know, my bed is red. My, this, this wall is green. And like, yeah. just feel yourself in that moment to get out of that like spiral of a negative voice. Yeah, of course. That is probably lying to you. Yeah. Always. It's always lying to you. <laughs> So I'm going to end with a final game. Seven deadly sins. Is this why we're in hell? Is that what's happening right now? Exactly. Oh, That's why go. it's been a little hot in here, if I you haven't tell. noticed. Yeah. It's starting to steam up. I'm going to go through all these sins, and you're going to just give me the answer. It's a oh. pretty complicated game. Okay, great. What are you greedy about? Um, Attention. I love that we're both attention whores. Attention whores get a bad rap. They get a bad rap, but it's like, it's in me. It's since I was little, I was like bringing my friends together. Like I'm going to be a teacher and you're going to listen to me. And I'd like (laughs) tell them to shut up. Like it's just who I am. But I guess you have to realize when you're being an attention whore because you love it versus when you're using it to suppress your issues. Yeah. I I think I probably do both. (laughs) If I'm being pretty honest about that. My therapist told me one thing that was interesting. You don't always have to show off in front of everyone. And sometimes people like you more when you give them space. <laughs> and I was like, can you shut up for a second? I'll tell you a story. <laughs> Stop fucking with my vibe, therapist. <laughs> God, this but, is about me right now. Okay. <laughs> but space is a beautiful thing that like you ever be on a date and the girl doesn't ask you a question and yeah. you're like, she could be hilarious, but you're like, fuck this girl. Yeah. yeah. She uh, that doesn't happens. care. She doesn't care. Yeah. So I'm working on like asking questions, listening. Yeah, it's an amazing thing. It's insane, especially with the yeah. podcast, because people be like, don't talk over people. And I'm like, fine, <laughs> I guess I'll listen to the person I'm interviewing. <laughs> who are you envious of? Brokers who are better than me, uh, I would say. You know? Do you think that what makes a better broker? Is it their relationships? Is it luck? Is it a combination of the? It's a combination of it all. It's where they're from. It's how many people they know, how they're better networkers, how they're better night people than I am, and they can go out and you know, do that whole thing. And I can't do that. Um, and I don't know, I think I have like, what is that? Like an inferiority complex of, you know, being where I am. Was it, am I actually here or is it all just bullshit? Will you ever be content? I don't know. Probably not. How does your wife deal with that? She doesn't. She just, like, she has breakdowns every day about it, <laughs> but I'm not allowed to talk about that when I get home. Everything's calm when I get home. Well, it sounds like she is the calming influence. A hundred percent. And she brings you to the space that's not highly competitive. She's my pro and con list. I will tell her like what's stressing me out or what's overwhelming me. And she's like, what is wrong with you? That's like, you amazing. know what? Whatever. You don't get me. But she does get me. And that's why she does that to me. That's why she does that. Yeah, exactly. She knows it's what you need. She's yeah. not going to build you up. She no, no, calls no. you out on your bullshit. Exactly. Yep. Ugh, I need that in a man. Um, what are you gluttonous about besides attention? Um... Oh my god, it's about Domino Pizza. Do you eat unhealthy? On Saturdays I do. Yeah. I eat everything I possibly can. Um, and I'm going through like a mood right now where like Domino's, like the works pizza is the greatest thing in the world. And I think about it all week. It literally gets me through the week. I love that. Yeah. I don't know. That's my answer. It's like always a fat kid at heart. <laughs> yeah. True story. <laughs> I get ice cream. I have pancakes in the morning for one day a week. I do whatever the fuck I want. Good for you. Yeah. When was the last time you were a sloth? like really lazy? Like, was there a lazy period of time? Uh, it's a hard one for me. 
Probably not. I mean, do you let yourself relax? Not really. Um, I try to, but I'm uncomfortable when I'm fully relaxed or fully lazy. I don't know. My answer to that would be super boring. Like I slept until nine one Saturday. You're adorable. Yeah. Um, this was early for me. This podcast was at one thirty. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're like downing coffee before we sat down. I literally chugged a coffee to be like, gotta wake up for this shit. Um, when was the last time you let your pride get in the way of something? Every day. Mm. Every day. You are very self-aware. Do you have a therapist though? Uh, I do. Yes. I want to talk about this stuff. I talk about like specific issues and how to handle them before I kill people. Mm. Um, that's what I talk about. Like Hamway, my vlogger next to me. Um, <laughs> and other than that, yeah, no, I, I listen, pride is, is a tough thing. Do you especially try for to guys, check your ego? For, I do. I, I don't, you know, I, I try to stay as humble as possible because at the end of the day, like I'm, I'm like a glorified waiter. Like I'm just a real estate broker. I don't build these apartments. I literally just get paid tips, right? And the tips are large. And it's not my, it's not me. New York City is the one that invented all these crazy prices. You're and like all a these fancy crazy... middleman. Yeah, that's all I am. And so I don't take myself seriously. Like everything is what it is. I'm super grateful for everything that we have and that we work for. Um, but like the pride can get in the way, you know? I love that. When was the last time you lusted over someone? Or something. Nah, uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, dude, Instagram makes that so hard. It makes it so hard. I like unfollow and follow people all day long. I'm like, nope, can't follow that. Can't do it. Can't do it. The thirst traps are real. Yeah, they are real. How does your wife feel about you following? Um, she's not, she's not allowed to go through my Instagram. So it's a, it's a rule that we have. Um, How do you it's feel a rule. if she? Follow- Honestly, no, because who do I? Have? She has Chris Hemsworth. That's yeah. hers, right? Thor. Yeah. Like if he walks in the door, then I need to move. Okay. Um, and mine is Dua Lipa. So oh. yeah, she's the greatest thing in the world. Okay, cool. That's a good answer actually. Yeah. If you meet her, please let me know. Okay. You have a lot going on you have a lot of success. What's your next goal? What's the next thing you're trying to take over? Take over? Um, honestly, my next goal is uh, being a dad. Yeah. Oh, that's my next goal. You're going to make me cry. Said, Don't cry. So we're, we're, we're working on that at the moment. So that's like my next thing that I haven't thought about a lot of because it's just so crazy and so freaky, but we'll see what happens. Do you think being a dad is going to change you? hundred percent. Yeah. I don't know how, but cause I've never done it before, <laughs> but I see it in like my little brother who's like such a little bitch. And now I see him <laughs> with his daughter and I'm like, who are you? He's like a different person. He's literally a different person. He's the same person, but he's just like better uh-huh. and he's a dad now uh-huh. and i'm like i don't i don't know i man hopefully that happens to I me i feel like it'll shift your priorities like someone will do something stupid with a deal and yeah. then you'll be like there's more important things like my kid right i think i'll also unfollow every girl on instagram because like it's like if i have a daughter right that's what i'll do i'm gonna be a super super tough dad like like will smith and bad boys do like that's gonna be me i love that right like i'm not afraid to go back to jail for this i was just yeah. telling ryan how my parents they, I mean, I have like inappropriate Insta stories and I do funny videos yeah, yeah. and my dad kind of knows. I'm like, yeah, your daughter has sex and your daughter says stupid shit and I curse like a sailor oh, and God. that's what happens. But you know what? He never worries about me. Like I want him to be worried well, or honest. like protective. Yeah, honesty and is the best policy. What he says to me whenever I'm like, oh, I'm seeing someone new, he goes, don't ruin his life. And then he continues <laughs> watching the Nick game. So I think at least he knows I'm tough. Yeah, good. <laughs> I want to end this podcast with one final question. Yeah. What do you, what kind of advice do you have for people who are going through their hell and how to get out of it? Uh, 
I would say that, you know, it's, it's never as bad as you think it is, right? And whether that means you have to sit down and write a list or make it relative or just do what I did and fuck off to Tahoe for two days and literally just forget about everything, right? Like tomorrow is always another day. And I had a really, really close friend who committed suicide when I was in college. Um, and he was a fraternity brother. And I remember talking to my dad on the phone as I was about to go to his funeral. And it was just so fucked. Like the whole situation was just like, like you, you can't comprehend when something like that happens. And, you know, and my dad said that to me. He was like, listen, the sun is always going to rise. Tomorrow's always another day. You can always pick up, you can move, you can do whatever you want. Like that's the greatest thing about the year in which we live now. Like it is 2019. You do not have to be stuck in hell. You can literally fuck off somewhere else and everything is going to be okay, I swear. I love that so much. Ryan, yeah. thank you for coming. Everyone follow Ryan Serhant at Ryan Serhant. Is there any underscore or anything? No, I don't think so. No, I don't believe in underscores. He's straight up. He doesn't do underscores. <laughs> follow me at Being Burns. Check out Ryan's blog, and I'll see you next time in hell. <laughs> <laughs>